Hey, everybody. Welcome in to another week. It's Tom Azzaway and Clarence Black on The Wrap on NRM Streamcast. And we are here at the Jim Reels Friendly Chrysler Jeep Studios in Farmington. And uh, another day, another dollar, another week. Beautiful weather for the weekend. Uh, today, not bad out there. Yeah. Getting out, enjoying yourself. And good to see you, CB. What's up, man? Like, this is... I'm- I'm over this. I'm over this, bro. Like, God, man, we're about to tell me I'm about to start. Like, I'm, we're so starved that I'm about to get Korean baseball. Yeah, we're going to get Korean baseball. What the hell is going on? You look good, gonna... man. I love the, uh, you know, I don't I don't know how I feel about what you're wearing. That's all right. I don't, I, don't, I mean, I just, I, I, you know, I get it. No, hey, man, great team. I mean, you know, you do the, you do the chop. I did the chop. You did sure. the chop. You're right. a chopper. Chop don't bother me. <laughs> I'm not like that. You know, I just I don't think of it in in bad terms. I just think it's a good time. Yeah. The Seminoles uh, yeah. started it. Yeah. It goes over to the Atlanta Braves fan. But uh, you know, just watching uh, watch the Jordan special again. We'll talk about that in a bit. Oh. But you know, Don Shula passed away uh, yesterday. Just another yeah. just another black mark on 2020. I thought about you too, man. I, I, I just I thought about you. Did it's you? like 2020 is. 2020 is just coming for our. I mean, it's no joke. No, 2020 has really not been. 2020 is. It's been the, the worst. I forget. It was. I don't know if it was a meme or somebody said it. It was, and it was funny. It was inappropriate. It was, but it was like 2020 is the Ray Robinson of like problems. Like it's just pound for pound. Oh god! Like the, it does not matter who you are. Like it is just it's coming it's straight up pound for pound the champ right now. It's it's sad. 20, 2020 has not been good to to any of us here, and, and we lose an icon yesterday in Don Shula. Yeah, but he was ninety, 90 years old. He was ninety. I, I mean, know it that. Was, you know, but, it's never a good time to go. But man, when you can put ninety on the planet, bro. Yes. Yeah. But you know what hurts for me. And I'm born in 1962. Our guest is going to be born in 68. He's coming up here in just a second. Uh, I just remember him when he was considered the he was the youngest coach in the NFL yeah, when I was a about, kid. We were talking about that when I was a kid, yeah. and I can never picture him old. And I, you know, at, when he was getting when he was in his elder years, yeah. he was in a wheelchair a lot most of the time, and yeah. still celebrating with the '72 Dolphins. Every time a team would would you know not yeah. be undefeated, Bonacati and those guys yeah. popping. And the Nick, champagne. Lost, we, we, Nick, we lost Nick last year. Yeah. I mean, a lot of great Dolphins. A lot of those great Dolphins aren't around, but a guy that was with the Dolphins when Don Chula was there, and of course he's the winningest coach uh, in NFL history is Don Chula, but a guy that came over to the Lions and kind of gave us our, the 1990s and kind of put us on the map. It's Scott Mitchell joining us. Uh, I think he's still out in Utah, right, Scott? That's correct. I'm, I'm in Salt Lake. Man, good to have you. It's Tom Mazaway and Clarence Black here. Uh, it's Scott Mitchell joining us. And take us back to, the, to that year, 1993, Scott, when uh, well, if you, you, you were drafted, obviously, by the Dolphins, fourth round, and you got Dan Marino in front of you. <laughs> take us back to that. Well, I have to take you back to 1990 because the first phone call I got in the uh, from anyone in the NFL was from Don Shula. That's Man. Uh, I mean, you know, they drafted me, called me on the telephone and and said, uh, you know, hey, we, we just picked you. And and I have to say, as I as I've gone through my life and as I was thinking yesterday when Coach Hula passed, I, it just it meant so much to me that someone of his stature, you know, one of the greatest coaches of all time, all time winningest coach in the NFL, believed in me and and cared enough about me 
that he wanted me on his team. And and that that I, I never I never have forgotten that. I've always been so grateful for that. And so it was it was quite a quite an experience for me just to be there for four years. Mm. Every single meeting, I, I Don Shula sat on the left, and Dan Marino sat on the right of me, and I sat between these two people for two. four years, and it was amazing. I mean, it was it was incredible what I what I gleaned from them, what I learned, what I what I what I saw and heard and experienced was priceless. Man, Scott. and really, what you know, <laughs> in 1993 when I started playing. I was I was like successful from uh, immediately, but it was it was because of that tutelage. It was because of that preparation that I was able to have so much success. I mean, it, it, uh, and it, and when I got out on the field and I started to play, it was actually it was actually very easy. Did you uh, follow the Dolphins back in the day before you were picked? <laughs> I didn't really follow the NFL per yeah. se. Um, of course, you know. I mean, I was a big fan of Marino's. I yeah, was, of course. I was a big fan of, of of Coach Shula. You know, I I walked in Coach Shula's office, and just after being drafted and seeing all of the the photos of the Larry Zonkas and the and the Johnny Unitas's and the Super Bowl trophies and and all this stuff, and I was just I was I was starstruck. And I just I, I remember saying out loud, I go, I can't I can't believe I'm in Don Shula's office. <laughs> And he goes, he goes, what are you talking about? And I said, I'm just this kid from Utah, a yeah. small town in Utah, and I'm sitting in your office. And and it was it was a remarkable a remarkable time. And he was a remarkable person and a remarkable coach. And I, I'm just extremely grateful that you know I was able to be a part of his his coaching time and to be around him the, the time that I was. Hey, we heard a lot of it about him, you know, and I'm a big NFL historian and going way back and the, the kind of guy he was. And I was with, he was with the Baltimore Colts. He was with a lot of teams. But he was with the Lions here for a couple of years back in the 60s as a defensive backs coach. But when he was with Baltimore and they had that monster of a team and then they met the New York Jets and Joe Namath and he's on the <laughs> sidelines with Earl Morrill at a quarterback, another former Lion, and he's got Johnny Unitas in the twilight of his career and – to lose to Joe Namath, did he ever tell those story to you? You know, he he never talked about that. <laughs> but there was one thing that bothered him more than anything, and it was uh, it was the goalposts. So you know how the the goalposts in the NFL are really tall. Yep. Well, back in the day, um, they weren't, and there was a field goal in Green Bay when he was coaching in Baltimore and they lost and they lost because of that field goal that was clearly not in. Mm-hmm. And, and I can't tell you how many times <laughs> I heard coach Shula say, yep, that would have been good in green Bay. Oh, and it, just, it just irked him to no end. <laughs> well, I remember when they, to, we used, it's amazing. We used to go to practice and, and it would rain almost every afternoon, South Florida, you know, you just sure. get these thunderstorms. And he wouldn't stop practice. And he would come over and he'd stand next to me and he'd say, you're going to get struck before I am, so we'll be just fine. Because <laughs> you were taller, obviously. <laughs> Scott, as you, look at the, was- as you look at the game today, and you I mean some of these guys, you're talking about like 55, damn near 60 
you know, pass attempts. I mean, do you look at this and right. kind of laugh that maybe you were just born in the wrong generation? And I mean, <laughs> what could what could you have done with today's NFL? I mean, today's offense oriented, and and what do you think your your former teammate Dan Marino would have done in this in this league? Um, yeah, it, it's certain it's certainly uh, different, and, and the emphasis on protecting players, the way the rules have changed, the way the practice uh, has, you know like training camp. I mean, training camp was brutal. I mean, Coach Shula was notorious yep. for just these tough training camps. So the wear and tear on your body just as you went through a season in your career uh, was was definitely a challenge. Uh, you, you know, just just with the, the success that we had and, and the system that the Miami Dolphins had and even the system we had in Detroit when I was there, I mean, it would it would probably be comparable to what's happening today. I mean, I, I don't think there's any question. I, I think what would would have been interesting is if you have a player like Barry Sanders, and and how does Barry Sanders fit into today's NFL? Because you know, we we tried really hard to run Barry Sanders as much as you could, and you know, maybe Barry Sanders becomes more of a wide receiver. I don't I don't know, or or a back out of the backfield. I always tried to get him to do that. And he just said, "No, no, no. I'm I'm a running back. I don't I don't do that kind of thing." But uh, yeah, I, it, I don't it, even it, want to like imagine. I don't even want to imagine what your stats and his stats. Could you imagine Barry getting those Todd Gurley two yard swings? Yeah. And, and open, you get Barry open space. He wasn't even in on third down oh. half the time. He wasn't in on third oh. down. Well, he wasn't in on third down because <laughs> blocking was not his forte. Right. <laughs> We know that. But, I mean, really, I mean, don't you still want to at least put him in as a, as a, as a decoy even? I, I don't know. I, I don't know. And I'm going way I would, back here. I, would, I will just tell you, I would never – I would try to figure out any possible way I could get the ball in Barry yeah, Sanders' hands. keep him in. No matter what. Yeah. That's I just so – that is so funny to me. Like, I, it, I, I kind of think about it the way – because the thought now, in hindsight, is like, why wouldn't you want to give Barry the ball – in open space, but it's like Larry Bird. They asked Larry Bird, like you know, looking at today's game, like man, if you played again, would you shoot? And he goes, no. I would. I, he goes, the only reason I I set I shot I shot threes is because guys were so far off of me. I can go get twos whenever I want. So I figure I just go get thirteen twos. Yeah. Like it just was never. He's like, I just you didn't think that way back then. No, not at all. Yeah. Scott Mitchell joins us, uh, former Lion, former Dolphin, number four uh, fourth round pick for the Dolphins back in nineteen ninety out of Utah. Played uh, four years with Coach Don Shula and, of course, Dan Marino as well. Don Shula passing away at the age of 90 yesterday. And like I was telling Clarence before we had you on, I remember him when I was a young kid. Uh, he was the youngest coach in the league. Everyone looked up to him. I mean, who is this guy? He, you know, he comes from the Colts. Now he's going to run this this Dolphin team in 1970. They were basically just a four, you know four years old at the time. He takes them, and he takes them to you know Super Bowl like in his in his second year with the Dolphins. It was the second year with the Dolphins. They were in the Super Bowl. And then, of course, they go to three in a row, win the last two, of course, and the rest is history, the winningest coach in NFL history. But what happened when uh, it was time for you to, to hit the, the market? What, what were your thoughts then? I know you got a lot of money yeah, from the Lions. What were your thoughts? Well, if I – yeah, and I'll, I'll tell you, but, but if I could just comment on your thought about Coach Shula. Because, Please. Um, when I, when I showed up, first day they hand me a playbook and they said you call your own plays in practice 
And a lot of times you called your own plays in the game. And he, and he later on told me, he said, I, don't, I can have the best plays in the world, but if, the, if my quarterback doesn't have confidence in the plays that he's running, they're useless. And it, and it also makes you learn the playbook, and I know and I learn what you like. And it was brilliant because he had all these different players throughout his career, and he had this real magical way ingenious way of getting the most out of every player he had and he was a ma- he was a master at teaching you how to execute the fundamentals to excellence like he wasn't this you know genius as far as you know Bill Walsh and coming up with right. the west coast offense kind of scheme you you learned how to execute at a high level at a perfect level the the fundamentals of football he, he said all the time he goes Football's simple. It just comes down to blocking and tackling, and that's it. And whoever does that better wins. Yep. And so um, when, I, when I went on the market, it, in all reality, I wished I never had to leave Miami. I mean, it's the team that drafted me, and, sure. and, and I, I had success, and it was, it was a great place to be. But, you know, I wanted to be a, an everyday starting quarterback in the NFL, and and I, I was, you know, I went and met with several teams, and uh, to me, it, you know, I, it really boiled down to between the Minnesota Vikings and the and the Detroit Lions, and you kind of looked at the teams, and it was really sixes. I mean, it was really, it was it was really, um, you know, as far as you know, the talent and and the, the kind of offenses that were there, and, and and I just felt kind of inside that the Lions. Wanted me more, felt more committed to me, and and I just kind of felt in my gut that's where, where I should go, and uh, and it and it's been a I had a great time in Detroit, I really. Did. It was it was a wonderful time, and you know I know people are this and that about whether I was good or was whether I wasn't. Um, no, you were good, really good. I know. Yeah, <laughs> and and I, I I just I really wish I really wish that they would have kept us all together. Yep. Because we had, you got it. just think about it. So the offense we had, I, w- I wish I had enough time to go into all of it because it, <laughs> it actually had some of its roots with my with the system we ran in Miami. But Tom Moore became our offensive coordinator yep. my second year in Detroit. Amazing. And he left and took that offense. Peyton Manning. And <laughs> took a guy, Peyton Manning, yeah. to, you know. And believe me, that has not sat well with me for years because oh. that really could have been us. It could have been, and it should have been. I mean, that Lion team in the '90s, they—I think they made the playoffs more than any team in the '90s. And, yeah. you know, we were the recipients of it. Unfortunately, they only won one playoff game, and and it's still, Scott. Nothing has changed since you've left. They've only won one playoff game. <laughs> <laughs> it's not your fault, man. I, I come, I come back a lot. I, you know, I, I, I have great memories there. And I, I, I'm seriously pulling for the Lions all the time. I just thank you. <laughs> uh, I, I really, I really wish things. You know, if any any organization deserves to go to and win a oh. Super Bowl, it's the Lions. Tell us about the Fords and how they treated you when you were here. They were wonderful. I mean, I mean, um, uh, William Clay Ford and and uh, uh, um, just the whole the whole family was just. They were just they were they were just really classy, you know. You, I think people have this perception of the Detroit Lions as kind of a Mickey Mouse, or, and they're not. They 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 really treated the players well. 
I, I feel that they wanted to win more than anything. I mean, you want to go to a rough organization, play for the play for the Cincinnati Bengals. Seriously, yeah. I mean, but you know what, Scott? Good... They, they've been to two Super Bowls. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I played I mean, there. Scott, go, right. You can't I throw. Go, this how long did you guys get to the Super Bowl? Oh, you you can't throw any team at us, Scott. There's no team that you could throw at us that yeah, we can't we, beat. I mean, in a, in a look at me contest. God. <laughs> Expansion teams, man. What the Panthers? <laughs> the Panthers have the been to two Super Bowls. Come on. It's I'm, I'm sorry. It's okay. It's us and the Texans for crying out loud and the Jaguars. That's it. No one else. Everyone else has made it. Here, here's the thing. Here, here's my opinion about the, the Lions organization. Is is there's there's never been this clear vision about this is what we're gonna do. And, and what was frustrating in my time, and it was just my time, and I, I can't speak for, for what happened. I mean, I, I don't understand how Matt Millen drafted three wide receivers in the first round yeah. three years in a row. And none of them I hit. don't understand that, but <laughs> right. But uh, we, had this, we had this team that was, you know, it was, it was a, we were wide open. You know, we had Barry Sanders, and he ran better when you spread out and you had three wide receivers and had Brett Perriman and Herman Moore and, Johnny Morton. I mean, just amazing, amazing talent. Great right? talent. And and then they go, well, um, but we have this coach that's kind of uh, he's lax. He's he's a player's coach. He's he's not. We need we need discipline. The big right? buck. And so they get right. They get rid of they get rid of Wayne Fonts, and then they get Bobby Ross, uh. who goes, I I I'm going to run the ball between the tackles. I need this power running game. This John Riggins. Yeah. This Natron means kind of. And he had Barry Sanders, right? And he had, and and so, so then they go. Well, we need we need to have um, a GM that really understands like players and football. And so they got Matt Millen, and they wanted to go to this this kind of West Coast, this um, Tom Holmgren, this Bill Walsh kind of mindset. And so they brought in you know these. Mariucci and Morningwig and these guys that were gonna were gonna run that type of system, and the and and you have to like give it time to marinate, and so it, these changes were so reactionary and so quick and and you just there was never a foundation. You think about the Pittsburgh Steelers; oh. it took years to build that. You, Peyton Manning; it took him five years before he won a playoff game. Yeah, and and you you just you have to have that patience. And that vision to kind of see, you know, to have have this, um, you know, to, to see it through to its fruition. You talk about Coach Hula and it's like, you know, he lost a lot of Super Bowls before he ever won. Yep. I, I mean, I'm sure it was absolutely humiliating to lose to the AFL, AFC, and the Jets, you know, when you're the Baltimore freaking Colts. Yep. And, and, and so you, you've got you've to stay with people and stay with things and stay with a philosophy you believe in. And I just think that the Lions have, have just, it's like they're so, they want to win so bad and they're so frenzied and they, and they, they hear it all the time that they just overreact to situations. And I, I, I would kill that if they would have just left me there and kept that team together, we would have eventually figured out how to win it. I, I just, I believe that. And I'll believe that till the day I die and it's been the only disappointing thing about my time in Detroit is I just didn't get a chance to finish what I believed 
we could actually do. I feel like you're ripping a scab off of us right now. Yes. We're in the same boat as you, Scott. We, we've said that. Hey, but this is no, Scott, listen, this is my this is my favorite day ever. Years. Yes. My favorite day ever on this show because what you're talking about, you can sum up in one word, which is identity. Identity. Yeah. That that's what I've been saying yeah. about like it is the most critical thing that any professional team, any organization, any fit like it all starts with who like who are we? Being able to answer that question. So I want to ask you when you were your time here, because you had different personalities. Who was the person that that kept the culture? Who established? Because Barry wasn't a, an extremely vocal person. So, I mean, where where did the identity come from of of the teams that you were on here? Um, yeah, it, it, I, I actually wished that Barry would have been more vocal because he yielded so much influence. And and he was, you know, he, I mean, he was so talented and and beloved in the community, but he was really quiet. He didn't say a lot, and he didn't say a lot in the locker room. He just kind of went about his business. And I and I think I think he could have uh, been more of that. But there, there was, I don't know that there was a player. Yeah, I don't think so. That, you know, I mean, there there really wasn't a player. I know, I know a lot of times that a lot of players were really vocal in meetings uh, about how things were, and you know, Herman was vocal. I mean, I was vocal. Spielman, Porsche how about Spielman? Was vocal. Spielman was yeah. was was very vocal. I, and I, there was this sense of you know, I, I think I think guys were tired of being the whipping child and in the NFL and there were a lot of guys that were good and took a lot of pride. You know, I mean, I think a guy that maybe represented our culture the most though was, was Kevin Glover. Hmm. Kevin was, you know, he was, uh, he was the player rep. He was a a tremendous leader. Uh, He was the way he played on the field. Pro bowler. He was, yeah. And he was, uh, He's just a quality individual. Now, Lomas Brown, on the other hand, <laughs> <laughs> the lowdown. <laughs> hey, we won't we won't bring that up. I know we got some history there. Lomas said he missed a block on purpose. I think he went back and said, you know, that wasn't true, but it wasn't nice when he did say it. You know, we we, we could all now, we could all be there and and know how you feel. <laughs> we think we know how Lomas you feel. Was- well, it was, it was disappointing because I, I I knew Lomas well, and we we got along great. I had those guys over to my house for dinner all the time, and uh, I mean it, it was. It, and he goes, "Look, I'm sorry. I was just trying to be uh, controversial. Yeah. I'm trying to renegotiate my contract with with ESPN." And I said, "Yeah, but you you just threw me under the bus, Lomas. I mean, Ugh. about as far as you could, and then just kind of." rolled over me about three or four times <laughs> after you did that. But I understand, no problems, you know. Oh man. Hey, going back going back to the old days, you know, and I can't I'll never get the picture out of my head. It was you on Halloween, uh, at the Halloween party as as Wayne Fonts. <laughs> have you have you guys been watching The Last Dance with Mike? Yes. 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 And have you have you watched how how he just picks on, on Jerry Krause? Jerry Krause, yes. yep. And and so and he's just like, 
And, and, oh, yeah. and, and I know it looks really offensive right now. <laughs> and, and you just feel real. You're just like, man, jo- Michael Jordan's a bully. You he know, is. Yeah, they were. All that stuff. They were. I'm just telling you, that kind of communication happened all the time in the NFL locker room. I believe nothing you. was sac- Nothing was sacred. <laughs> and so me, me kind of kind of jabbing at Coach Foss was wasn't it wasn't personal. I, I, I wasn't mad at him. It was just it was just stuff we did all the time. Like, yep. like and the only problem is the outside world saw it on a camera and and that was that was my stupidity because I should have never should have never done that. In fact, I went into Wayne the next day and I I, I apologized because my parents had about disowned me. They just said uh-huh. What is wrong? You know how? What, what are you doing? You know, and I said, it's just, "We're just having a good time. We we yep. make fun of each other, you know, religion, race, all of it is is kind of off the board when you're in the locker room." And and so I didn't I didn't think anything of it. So I go in his office and I just said, "Hey, coach, I, you know, I, you know, I didn't mean anything by this, and I just want to apologize." And he just said, "Look, I just understand. I was at a party last night." All I want to know, did I have a good time? <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. Hey, I can't thank you enough for coming on with us. I wish we had another half an hour to spend with you, man. But uh, thanks, Scott. Anytime. Thanks for the years Seriously. here, man. We appreciate it. Just call me whenever. You got it, man. Hey, stay healthy and uh, all the best to you. And thanks for the stories on Coach Shula. Yeah, you're welcome. All right. Scott Mitchell, former Lions, former Dolphin quarterback. Just a, always a good guy Great to call, man. Great that, that, personality, man. It, it just brings me back to our Lions, man. I'm a, we'll talk more about it, but when you're out on a walk, I yeah. think of those teams. Yeah. I think of those teams, and I'm talking to my friends. It's like I'm talking to you. Yeah. We, we, talk, we, we do it too, we man. I'm, it, I tell you that. It, it, I mean, it, that was you our, want it. That was our days, yes. man. We, we could have been contenders. We could have been a contender. No question about it. Thanks to David and Angel in the back. Stevie Mack. Scott Mitchell, thanks a million, man. That was fun. Back with more. We're going to talk about the last dance coming up. And uh, how about some Korean baseball? You going to watch? It's black. It's Maz. It's the wrap on NRM Streamcast. <laughs>